Welcome to the fourth episode of Miskatonic University Radio, a podcast exploring Fantasy Flight Games' Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm Dane. And I'm Dan. And today we're talking about the second Mythos pack in the Forgotten Age cycle, The Boundary Beyond. And this episode, we're actually only focusing on the player cards in the pack, uh, unlike the thing that we did for Threads of Fate. Um, so without further ado, we're going to start off with the, the uh, player cards, Guardian cards. Um, so Dan, do you want to take the first card? I would love to. The first card is Second Wind. Uh, this is a Guardian event. It is Spirit and Bold. I'm sure that's relevant. Uh, cost, one resource. Test icon, one will. Uh, play only as your first action. Heal, one damage. Two instead if you drew a treachery this round. Then draw one card. Uh, what do you think about this card, Dan? Well, Dan, I don't appreciate your offhanded comment about it being not relevant at all. The fact that it is a Spirit and the Bold card. Do you know why? Why is that, Dan? Because guess who can play spirits, Dan? Uh, Do you know who's got more spirit than the entire <laughs> than, than the rest of the entire cast of this? No, game? seriously, it's 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 Akachi, right? Aren't those spirits it's, angry at her? So she can she can play I'll this give card. You a hint. Right? He's entirely red, and I don't mean his his body because that would be kind of weird. I mean Calvin. Oh, okay, Mister Calvin Wright. Oh, yes, this is a card that was definitely designed with him in mind. Nudge, nudge. Why? Uh, why would Why would Calvin want to play a card that turns down his super powerful and great ability <laughs> to become better at things when he has damage on him? Because he also draws cards. I don't know, and it's really cheap because he can't like, afford it because he's playing. I Survivor. mean, anyways, I'm 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 not a person that plays Calvin, but isn't the point to just like run headlong into you know spiked pits and uh, you know sharp objects just to hurt yourself? Like, yeah, why, why what would doesn't you really make you stronger is, is his philosophy, right? I guess so. So I know there are a lot of dedicated Calvin players, and I think that I would, if I were a Calvin player, I would definitely be excited for this card because I feel like two damage for one resource is really good. Even though it's it's only play as your first action, uh, you do get to heal two damage and draw a card. Um, again, that's probably, I don't know what the ratio between treacheries to, to actual um, monsters is, but I would imagine it to be fairly okay but i think this card can is really really good with mark for me anyway for mark yeah see see i i can't get inside the head of a calvin player at all because that's there it's just too alien it's like if (laughs) you were were talking about mark it's it's like if if you were like a ferret what type of uh plants would you like to eat or something like i don't know (laughs) but i can definitely get inside the head of a mark player because mark is the best and uh yeah this is pretty good i know before this came out we sort of disagreed about it because you were saying, oh, it's going to be fantastic for Mark. And I was saying right. it's not going to replace emergency aid because emergency aid works on allies uh, and other players, which is pretty good. And it doesn't have the restrictions that you have to be your first action and you basically have to have drawn a treachery. And I think we right. were kind of both right because what you're actually supposed to do in Mark is just to play both. So you play two copies of each. You think about your dead wife at least once every turn. You draw a million <laughs> cards. Aww. You heal all of your damage, and it's it's incredible. So pretty pretty good mark card. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. I really do think it's great um, for for him. Anyways, I don't I don't think I could see it being like at more than a one of outside of of mark just because of the fact that like emergency aid is just like the the utility of being able to heal your allies. Like if you're playing brother Xavier for Zoe, and you're kind of going more like a will based kind of Zoe or, or upgraded beat cup. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like it, the utility for that, I think, is just better. It kind of out outscales uh, second wind, but yeah. yeah. If if you're if you're not Mark, if you're another guardian and you want to have one card in your deck that's like a you know emergency heal somebody that's taken a lot of damage, you're going to play emergency aid because that's a little more flexible. But for Mark, this is really good. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely, I think I think it's a it's a strong card for exactly what it needs to be. I'm excited to see the upgraded version of it. Honestly, hopefully there will be. I'd, I'd I'd imagine that to be pretty cool because these like very like low cost very um you know like uh not skimpy but like just very uh lean cards you know like like this yeah have a really good chance of being like very strong when they're like I mean look at Ward right like Ward is amazing Ward is like easily probably the best card in the game right like, upgraded to to uh, two pip Ward like. Yeah. I could see something something that would be great for this card. Uh, that would that would I, I can only see like you know adding resources onto it or something like that. I think um, the main thing that would be nice is it would be sort of nice if maybe it was fast or something like that. Just because hmm. th- this this does kind of collect in your hand for a little while because you're waiting for a turn where you drew a treachery and you don't have an enemy on you. So sometimes you might be waiting a couple turns. Um, so if it was fast, you know, maybe you could play it even if you have a, even if you're engaged with an enemy or something like that. But pretty good card. Um, what about yeah. the next card, Dane? What do you What do you think? Next cards take the initiative. It's a guardian skill card. It commits for three question marks, um, and it is practiced and bold. Commit only to a skill test you are performing. Take the initiative loses one question mark for each action that has been completed by an investigator this phase. So I'm not optimistically this card's speaking. Bad. Listen, optimistically it's bad speaking, <laughs> it's bad. Dude. Optimistically speaking, the, if you are the first investigator to go and it's your first action, this means that you, you can commit it for all three question marks, which is, which is like, um, you know, inquiring mind, right? Because that's kind of got a little restriction too, although it's much, which is, I think it's way which easier is, to fulfill. Which is another borderline playable card. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but this, this, I mean, if you have like three or more investigators, it's com- I think it's completely unplayable. Um, because I mean, even if, even if you're playing solo, a lot of your turns, you might have to move to engage an enemy and then hit something. Um, you know, and in that case, it's basically a courage, I think, which is fine. So I, I honestly, I think the main use for this is during mythos phase. If you have a, a test on a treachery and then it's right. like sort of decent, right. I'm not sure that mm-hmm. it's worth playing. Like most of those tests, honestly, are going to be will or maybe agility. So you can really just play guts and unexpected courage. And then you have the flexibility of committing those to your, um, your, the other investigators as well. So, but I don't know yeah. if you're playing, if you're playing solo, maybe play one of these, but I, I don't think it's, I don't think it stands out as being incredible even then. Well, now that you mentioned that, I think it's, it's probably a little more, I, I would definitely experiment with, with two in solo, uh, just because courage isn't bad. Um, you know what I mean? Like if, if you're spending a turn, spending an action to move and then spending an action to investigate and you pitch a cur- this, this as a courage to it, I think that's pretty fine. It's not... You know what I mean? Like it's not that bad. The only the only thing that's really bad is is if you have it in your hand and you're trying to you can't even commit it to like a um one of those cards that tests will at the end of your turn or something like that, right? Like 
yeah, it's just a little situational. Guardians have a lot of good cards that could just, you know, be better than this. Yeah. I and I mean, it's it's definitely it's definitely not bad. Or it's uh, it's also kind of funny because it's like the opposite of teamwork, right? Because it's you're supposed to only play it for yourself. Um, so yeah, right. I don't know if you're playing solo, which is not something that I usually do. Then it's worth thinking about. If you're not playing solo, then I think just don't just don't even play it because the regular skill cards, like a lot of the power of those, is being able to commit them to whoever needs them. So don't right. don't get stuck with this one. Yeah, I think you definitely don't play this with three and four people. Yeah, so let's hit about it. So yeah, it's all right. Yeah, uh, should we move on to the next card? Absolutely, Dan. So the next card is called Well Prepared. Uh, shouldn't that be? I don't know grammar rules. Shouldn't this be hyphenated? Maybe it's saying that there's a well <laughs> you like draw water from, and the well has been prepared. I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that that's that explains the shaving. Um, yeah, there you go. Um, he needed water to shave with, and he did so from a prepared well. So this is an asset. It's a talent. It costs two resources and two experience. Lightning bolt action. Exhaust well prepared. Choose an asset you control. You get plus X skill value for this skill test, where X is the number of matching skill icons on the chosen assets. Um, that's kind of interesting. I don't know. What, what do you think? I think the... So this is the first in kind of a cycle that we'll, we'll talk about in this pack. I believe they all can be played for two. They all cost two um, pips of experience. And they all do something interesting that kind of pertains to the faction that they're from. This one is easily the hardest to make work, right? Because like when you think about a Guardian card, when you think about what you're going to be doing with assets that you control, you're thinking about Machete, right? Like this effectively gives you plus one skill value to all your fights with Machete. If, if I'm understanding it correctly. Well, once, once per turn. Very frequently you're macheting things more than once per turn, and you can only use this once. Yeah, right, right. So I'm reading this correctly in that the asset you control gets plus X skill value for all the number of matching skill icons on the chosen asset being, like, what you commit it for? Or is it saying that, like, so let's say uh, Machete commits for one fight, and it also has a fight symbol in the text. Is that in c- considering that too, or no? Oh, it's a very interesting question. No, I think it's I I think it means matching skill icons on the that you would get by committing it. I'm pretty sure. Gotcha. Like it'd be really gotcha. weird okay. if it was anything different from that. Um, yeah. So yeah, like machete gives you machete has one fight symbol on it. Um, the 32 mm-hmm. has one fight symbol on it. The 45 has one agility symbol on it. Um, right. Potentially, if you're going to install, sorry, if you're going to play a bunch of assets, then you have a bunch of flexibility with this, but most of the things that you're going to play don't have a whole bunch of symbols on them. Um, right. One thing that's worth mentioning, so obviously I'm coming at this from a perspective of playing as Mark, because that's my dude. Um, upgraded First Aid has two will symbols on it. So that oh. could be kind of good if you have that down. You can basically have a Guts hmm. whenever you want it. But I don't know. This is just for two experience and two money and a, putting a card in your deck that doesn't kill monsters or do anything super, super important. I, I don't think this does enough, especially considering that it's not even good if you put it down really early. You really need things that have symbols on them on the field for yeah. it to be any good at all. So, Yeah, I think I think it's uh, it's just kind of extra. If you have enough experience, if you're kind of in one of those scenarios or you're doing kind of like an intrepid playthrough where you've got like a ton of uh, experience that to throw around, you can definitely... I could, Monster I could Hunter. Keep putting this in. Spend all your experience exactly. on yeah, Monster yeah. Hunter. But there's, there's Buy so two many Monster better Hunters. things that you can... Yeah, there's definitely yeah. very uh, a very big pool of things that that guardians have access to that you could spend your experience on that. They're just pretty much better. yeah, 
Yeah, this isn't good. Just yeah. uh, just think about your dead wife and uh, take a damage and get plus two, <laughs> and you're fine. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So let's move on to the uh, the the seeker cards for the set. So the first one we have for the seeker cards is Truth from Fiction. You commit it for two. Or I'm sorry, you don't commit it for two. You play it for two resources. It's an event. You can commit it for two intelligence symbols. It's an insight, which is important because there's a lot of insight cards now. Um, play only if there's a clue on your location. Place two secrets on an asset you control. And then it has a bunch of uh, Alice in Wonderland quotes, which is probably the only good part about this card. <laughs> in, in all realistic. This is this is pretty bad. Yeah, it's kind of got a cool 2-2-2 two, two, two thing going on, right? Like it's got the two you play it for, two you commit it for, two secrets on an asset you control. Notably, there are definitely only two cards in the card pool that are, would even be worth playing this with because there are only, I think there are two or three, right? That Things that you can get uh, secrets on. So Forbidden Knowledge, In the Know. Okay. And yep. I think that's actually it. Yeah. I, yeah. It's not good. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I, so I, maybe there's a build with where you play In the Know and, and this and you just never move. Yeah. Like you play like anti Ursula, <laughs> you play like a, a secret oh, that just like cool. sits sits in a couch all the time and investigates everything. And you upgrade by, your barricade, like, right? Graciously uh, donated yeah. by the upgraded Knight of the Zealot. Yeah, you you upgrade your barricade. You sit in there. You uh, get your pizza. You get your, I, your. I really need to learn to not suggest these like dumb deck ideas because that Dane is really into most <laughs> of them. Um, See. Let, I think this is one of those cards that is only going to get better, obviously, when more cards come out, right? Like, because I, mean, I could it, see it, there being it, a lot of secrets. It can't get worse. Way. Like, it, yeah, I guess it'll get better. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, make that's cards the thing. secrets. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's bad. Um, yeah. Can we go to the next card? So this is true <laughs> understanding. It's a, it's a, sorry, do you have something else to say about truth from fiction? No, no, no. No. There's a lot of truth in, in everything right now. Truth from fiction, true understanding. Well, that's actually interesting. I wonder how many secret cards are there that have true or truth in the name. I that's something we can look up later, but I bet the answer is a lot because both cards in yeah. this pack or two two of the three cards in this pack have the word true or truth in them. Um speaking of which, so the second secret card, true understanding, uh it's a skill, it is innate. Uh it has one question mark on it. Commit only to a skill test printed on a scenario card. If the skill test is successful, discover one clue at your location. Huh. Uh, so I, mm, I mean, like you'd rather have deduction than this almost all the time, right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd rather have deduction over a lot of things, right? Helps you win the game faster. The only time this could be good. Well, first off, so scenario card means pretty much anything that's not a player card, right? Like if there's a test that's on a location or a treachery or a monster like if you try to i think it's basically any test that's not one of the basic actions like if you try to fight or evade a monster or investigate that yeah, is, yeah. that's not going to trigger this but any type of thing that's caused by a treachery or an agenda or an act you could commit this to but it's just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean would just play like working a hunch or something else like there's other ways to quickly get a clue without having to actually investigate that are better i think if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, and and I think Carcosa has the most 
uh, interaction in like skill tests that are on cards. You know, you've got like Spires of Carcosa, you've got um, a lot of the uh, the agendas and acts. Well, some of them anyways have like things that you can do to take skill tests and things. Um, there's there's uh, skill tests on locations. There's skill tests on monsters, right? Like there's the uh, the the spirit, the the floating geist thing that you have to take uh, an intelligence test for to get rid of, or you can attack it with uh, a spell or um, relic. Maybe I, I don't know. I think all of the scenarios, like for this, I wouldn't worry about. I wouldn't worry about which scenarios or campaigns specifically have slightly more tests on scenario cards. I would mm. just play Working Hunch. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't even play, and I wouldn't even play that card honestly. Like I wouldn't even put Working a, Working a Hunch in my deck. So I definitely yeah. wouldn't play this. Yeah, I think it, it. I think you're right. I would. I would love to see somebody you know use use this well or, or you know like come up with something cool with this in it. But uh, but for now, I think I think it's just yeah. Is There's is being innate relevant at all? Is that isn't that what uh, Silas uses? Yes, yes, it is. Well, there you go. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, you got Silas. There you go. Woo! Yeah, Silas fans <laughs> rejoice. <laughs> yep. Pat, pat on the pat on the back. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. All right. So next we've got Quick Study, an asset for Seekers. Uh, it costs two to play. It's a talent. You can commit it for a will and an agility. And uh, as a fast action, you can place one of your clues on your location and exhaust quick study to get plus three skill value for this skill test. Also two XP. Yes, two two pips. Um, between this one and well prepared, I think this is much better. It's definitely going in the right direction. I I love Roland, so I know that uh, there there's a pretty cool like pick up clues, put down clues kind of a build. Although picking putting down clues is generally not good unless you can scoop them all up again pretty quickly and, and efficiently. But it's definitely kind of a cool option, I think. Yeah, I know that people sort of want to do... I like. There's a lot of cards that sort of support this idea of dropping clues so that you can do things like use Roland's gun and pick up free clues and play yeah. Inquiring Minds and then picking them up. But right. What's really good is just to pick up all the clues on a location and then leave that location and not go back to it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think this one, if it was like, if it was free and didn't cost experience, I might play one just as an emergency, put this down. And then if you ever really need to succeed on something, you can drop a clue and then pick it up again. Yeah. but yeah. Or with Rex, right? Uh, I guess. Yeah. But I, I don't think I'd want to pay two experience for it and have to find it in my deck and play like pay two resources to play it. So, yeah, I think Seekers boast like the highest quality cards in terms of both base cards and upgradable cards. Yeah, they've. I think it's really hard to make an argument for this card when you have things like, um, like Meltaroni, <laughs> Strange Solution. You know that Cryptic kind of thing. Research. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. They just, Cryptic Research is they, incredible. They have really good cards already, and they also Pathfinder. have like a lot of times they're going to play um, higher education. So if they really need to boost you know, will or, or intellect they can. Um, yeah, I don't think they, I don't think they need this. It's, it is, I, I mean, I will say, I think it's these permanents in general, or sorry, not permanents, these talents, cause there is a cycle of them. This is the seeker version. Yeah. Um, they're, yep, yep. they're kind of more interesting and kind of interestingly designed compared to the previous talents we've seen. So that's Definitely. cool. They, it's just so far the two we've talked about, neither of these kind of quite would make it into, I think just about any deck that I was making. Yeah. They don't stand out too much for me. Um, so move on to the row cards. Let's do it. Um, so the first row card is called Hatchet Man. 
Uh, it's a skill. It's practiced. It has one agility icon on it. If this skill test is successful during an evasion attempt, the next time the evaded enemy takes damage this turn, deal it one additional damage. Uh, this is not good, right? Like, you have to you have to evade it and then deal damage to it. I mean, I guess what's nice is it takes damage and not attacks. So you don't necessarily yes. have to attack it. You could ping it that with is cop or something. But yeah, or like... Uh... What's the, the, the lamp, the lantern in Yorick? Or so, but you can't even play this in Yorick, but, you know. Yeah, I, well, that's the thing. Do do green characters have ways to deal damage? I mean, I guess sneak attack? Yeah, like, yeah, something like that. Are you supposed to use this to evade something and then play a sneak attack? That doesn't really seem good enough to be two cards. So I think, okay, so there are a couple upsides to this card. One is that it doesn't have to be you that's doing the damage. It kind of, like, quote, marks the enemy, right? Like, get what I'm getting at here? You pick up yeah. what I'm putting down? The issue is that it can only commit for a I'm, uh, agility. I'm putting down right? this card, Dane. I'm putting it down and walking away. <laughs> so, sorry. It commits for one Hear agility. Me out. Yeah. <laughs> commits for one agility. That's the only issue, right? Because if this were one of those cards that had kind of three symbols on it, you know, it had like will, intelligence, and um, agility, you'd be able to kind of like use it much easier and like commit it to friends who are uh, or like if you have a a creature on you and you're um you you're trying to dodge it or you're trying to like you know uh bop it over the head or something like that and and have somebody finish it off for you that's cool but seekers generally don't have good agility anyways ursula does but yeah it's it's also just it it just seems really stingy that it has one single agility icon and nothing else because you can't even. Yeah. It's not like blinding light or or uh, that green spell that evades things. It's not like those are fantastic. But if you are evading using some other uh, ability other than agility, you can't use this at all, right? So that's sort of bad. If, if this was like, mm, yeah, yeah, I know the spell you're talking about. I can't think of the name. If this was something like an agility icon, a will icon, and a question mark, for instance, then mm-hmm. I would think about playing one like instead of a manual dexterity. You know, like or yeah, instead so of a some guts. like some things that are cool. But, but I, I think the way it is now is just it's not you're, you're putting an entire card in your deck to do one damage to something in a specific situation and get one agility icon. I don't think that's good enough. Yeah, there are like like so, for example, if you're like trying to clear a room, you you like kind of dodge the enemy with hatchet man leave and then, you know, like your mark throws a dynamite into the room and it does four damage. That's kind of neat, right? Like there's kind of cool stuff. Mark, mark application there. But... Dynamite, Dane. Mark, uh... Everybody needs dynamite. No. Every investigator that could play dynamite needs dynamite. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, doesn't doesn't really... It's also... It's sort of... Uh, the last last time we talked, we talked quite a bit about Stunning Blow. Yes. And it's sort of a similar thing to that, where oh, it's totally. a card that you commit that lets you sort of evade something and deal damage to it. Mm-hmm. And with that card, we talked about the fact that a lot of times you either want to evade something or hurt it. You don't really care about doing both. And this kind of has the same problem as that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, except I think this is a little worse because, well, no, it's not really worse because Forgotten Age, well, you kind of want to be evading things more. Um, it depends upon like what your team is going for. Like if you're kind of more like quote unquote pacifist, you know, and you're not trying to kill a lot of things just due to vengeance or whatever. Um yeah, I mean, I, I think this is slightly more likely to make it into decks just because 
it at least fits in with other green cards like sneak attack and it seems like a better yeah. fit for for rogues than stunning blow did for survivors but still still not fantastic yeah yeah all right so next card high roller it's the green uh contribution to the at- to the talents uh the assets two to play uh two pips of experience to take and it commits for an intelligence and a uh, fight um, or strength or whatever. And fast action, spend three resources and exhaust high roller. You get plus two skill value for this skill test. If you succeed, gain three resources. The higher, st- the, higher the stakes, the better his luck. So the first thing I definitely wanted to mention about this card is that that jawline is totally a Lovecraft jawline. When I think of HP Lovecraft, I think of cashew-shaped head, and that's definitely a cashew-shaped head behind that head. <laughs> I, I I was going to mention the art. I think the art is really good. I really like the guy. It's very smirk. very good. I like that you can't see his eyes. I like that he's like confident, even though people are cracking their knuckles behind him. Uh, really really good detail. This is some. This is definitely some dope art. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's probably some of the cooler art in this pack. I think, if not the best. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you think about the uh, the fast action here? Uh, I actually think this is pretty decent. So, I mean, we, what, what we've had... So, a, one theme that rogues have in a lot of their cards is gaining resources, and often they don't really have a good way to spend them. Um, in particular, their, their permanent, I forget what it's called, but their version of, you know, higher education... Um, is it Streetwise? Is that it? Yes. Maybe? Yep. Um, it, it only... I remember it doesn't boost strength. It only boosts, I think, like agility and intellect, which is... You know, yes. that's good, but if you're trying to make sort of like a fighty green build, or if you want to succeed on will tests by spending money, you can't do it. So this is nice that right. you can boost anything, and as long as you succeed, it doesn't really cost anything, and it even kind of works this on the, true. like, if you succeed by two or more. Like, if there's a test that you're already probably going to succeed at, but you want to succeed by two or more, this is basically free, uh, and if you have a test that you maybe were going to succeed on... You know, you can sort of gamble three resources and probably succeed on it by getting plus two. So I think this is pretty decent. I don't know. What, what do you think? I'm with you. I th- I'm I like to be optimistic about cards, as you know. I think that um, <laughs> what rogues have in a lot of these cards, like um, a double or nothing kind of a card, really fits in with that theme. The art's amazing. The guy looks like a baller. The the effect is basically netting you zero as long as you succeed very bold underlined red words there you know like if you succeed if you don't you lose three resources and you know this is exhausted again you it's got the same restrictions as all the other ones where um you have to exhaust it so you can only use it once a turn you have to basically so if you're looking at it the first time you play it it's like five resources and then you get three back right yeah so but 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 actually that's one thing i wanted to mention so forget about the the cost to play it for a moment although that is relevant if this just mm-hmm. said a lightning bolt spend three resources you get plus two value for the skill test i think that would still be kind of like almost playable or at least pretty close to yeah it. because yeah. if you have if you're playing like jenny who gets two resources per turn i mean jenny's not great but if you're trying to make like a as good a jenny deck as possible paying okay. you know paying okay. three yeah. occasionally to get plus two to anything is really pretty good yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, definitely. And, and this is just better than that, because if you succeed, which because you just got plus two, you're a lot more likely to do, you get your money back. Right. 
Yeah. 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 I like it. I think it's good. You've you've convinced me. I think it's better uh, than than the other ones. I'm I'm really happy to be in the very rare position of being the person arguing for a green card. Um, I was but, just about uh, to say the same thing. Yeah, I'm no, delighted. it's cool though. Like the idea of a lot of these rogue cards. Oh yeah, it's like gambling. It's sort of like trying to show off and be cool. Like that's that's a really neat idea. It's just a lot of times the mechanics aren't quite there for actually being good. But this, I think, right. is a right. is maybe not fantastic, but a pretty good card. And I really like the flavor of it. I really like the kind of um, the connection between the mechanics and the name and the art and how it works. I think this is actually uh, a really cool card. Yeah, definitely. You know, one thing that I was thinking of, and I definitely have to bring the jank because who would I be without bringing the jank? This if does you not play double nothing, nothing with this. Nope, you do not get the extra three back. Why not? Uh, I I don't know. I could be wrong about this, but so I think that double or nothing. It I only think you duplicates. Do. It only duplicates things that are direct results of the skill test. I don't think that it duplicates other things Can't that get attached it. to it. No, you know you might be right. We'll have to we'll have to check with uh we'll have to check with somebody. It might actually because what I was thinking was I know that double or nothing you don't get the, isn't it like you don't get the Rex clue twice? Like if you investigate with Rex with a double or nothing. Yeah, you get yep, yep. you get if you succeed by two or more, you get three clues, not four. I thought it might be like right. that, but that's I think that might be because Rex says after, and this doesn't say yeah after. exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, it actually might work with Double or Nothing. I mean, Double or Nothing is still a bad card, and uh, probably still shouldn't play it. But um, one of the coolest cards ever designed, though. I think might it's kind of it's one of the most yeah. roguey cards. It's yeah, it's true. It's true. It just it gets you into trouble in a lot of situations. Um, so but that's the point. I don't know, and honestly, I mean, this being if you, if if you're playing this, it definitely makes double or nothing. Assuming it works, which we still have to check on. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. That does make double or nothing kind of better because you can just commit it to like investigate, get two clues, and get an extra three three resources. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so, this is uh, this is really getting dangerous. You're really selling me on a bunch of complete nonsense. Um, yeah. Good. Good. I don't know. Yeah. Well, before we become too enamored with high roller. We should move on to the next card. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so we're moving on to the Mystic cards. We're looking at Enraptured. It's a skill card. Uh, it commits for one intelligence practiced. Uh, if this skill test is successful during an investigation, place one charge or secret on an asset you control. I am not Enraptured with this card, Dane. Aww. Um I personally really enjoy the art on this card. I think that the fact that it commits for an intelligence is kind of neat. I definitely see it for way more solo play or way more um, uh, smaller, you know, like two people games where you kind of have to pick up the slack and pick up a little more clues if you're not, if you don't have a dedicated seeker. Uh, I think this is just bad. Um, So you have to be, you have to be a character that is investigating with intelligence, meaning probably like a seeker. Or and you also have to be playing things with charges and secrets on them, which is mostly you know spells and well as we talked about earlier, there are not many cards that have secrets on them, and charges are the Akachi cards like uh, Mysterious right. Statue and most of the spells. So you have to be playing spells and investigating with intelligence. So maybe you're playing like Daisy. Right. Uh, it's just it's just mm-hmm. not really good. Like what we've seen is. Um, cards that give you more ammo or more charges actually usually are not that good because yeah, if you're yeah. kind of careful and efficient, you're, you usually have enough charges. Like shriveling gives you four charges. 
that's usually enough. It's usually not worth including yeah. expensive, not very good cards in your deck Five to maybe Akachi, give you more right? charges. Yeah, like Akachi's cool because she gets one extra charge, but like if you play Akachi, a lot of times you don't actually drain your spells all the way. So, right. yeah, I, and I don't know. And you bounce back if you get the Envoy. Yeah, if this was... Even if you want to, even if you're going to say, okay, I really want to be using Red of Seeking a lot. I want one card in my deck that can put like an extra charge on it. I don't think this is that card. Yeah, I would, I would be delighted to see like a one experience upgrade to this card that just includes like a, a will symbol, you know, mm-hmm. or like, or, or, you know, puts uh, two charges on something or, you know, just like gives you a little more versatility. I think that that's what the issue with this card is. I'm just kind of mad about it. It's sort of like what we were talking about with, uh, was it true understanding earlier? Uh, no, hmm. um, truth from fiction. It's just, no, it, it was, oh, uh, yes, sorry. Yes, yes. Hatchet man. It's just really annoying that this is only, it's, it's annoying that this is only one intellect symbol. If this was even like an intellect and a will, then it might be like, okay, you could use it with right of seeking and basically get the charge back or something. Yeah. I think it would be extremely good. Yeah. Nah, I think it'd be okay for the same reason that you might, how many charges you really need, but then like you might play it in Akachi. Uh, but yeah, I think yeah, yeah. that as it is with just an intellect symbol, I just, I don't think anyone should ever play this. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be cool if it were a, a, a wild symbol, right? That'd be great. That'd be amazing. Be pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I definitely, I know that they have to be careful because you know, with these cards, right. there's not a lot of knobs they can turn to adjust them. So they have to be careful not to make something that's too good, I guess. But with a lot yeah. of these cards, it really feels like just being a little bit more generous with the skill icons could really make a huge difference in whether they're playable or not, you know? I agree. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so let's move on. Um, the next card, the second Mystic card, is Recall the Future. So this is the Mystic version of these talents that we've been seeing. Uh, it's an asset, it's an augury, and a ritual. I don't think those matter at all. Um, it costs two resources and two XP. It has an intellect symbol and a agility symbol on it. Uh, reaction. When a skill test you're performing begins, if Recall the Future is ready, name a Chaos Token. If the named Chaos Token is revealed during this test, exhaust Recall the Future, then you get plus two skill value for this skill test. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about this one? Glad you asked, Dan. There's a build. A gym build. A gym build in Carcosa. A gym build Carcosa that has a lot of augury. And one thing that's really cool about it is that you can use the um, the card that lets you draw like five symbols or, or five uh, chaos tokens and resolve uh, a certain number of them. Um, basically, just to get Jim to see a bunch of skulls all the time. You want Skelly Bros with you 100% of the time. This card uh, definitely works with that because you kind of and grotesque statue that kind of stuff. I think we still need to see more of those cards that can that can help with that game plan. Why? Because right now, Jim is... But hang hang on a sec. So, okay, so you're, you're playing Jim. You choose... You play some kind of weird magic lets you draw a skull. Why do you need plus two if you just drew a skull? Like, isn't a zero usually good enough to pass most That's, tests? Right, right. I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the, the issue with it is, is that you don't technically need that. Um, I mean, the odds... The odds are... are massive right like that you're actually going to draw the correct chaos token i mean i think that i think when this is good is if you're in a situation where there's one specific chaos token that makes you lose and by naming this all the time it can be about Mm -hmm. as good as just having like a constant plus two to everything um right the issue is that i mean the, the thing is that you have to use this for every you have to use this every time you do a test as long as it's not exhausted which actually could be annoying because you're going to forget it sometimes 
Um, and for some tests, you're going to be like, I'm just going to fail this no matter what. I don't even care. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's really hard to see how this is going to be good. Yeah, I like that. I like that view on it, though, I think. Yeah, I mean, if you think of if you think of the chaos bag as for every test, there's some tokens that will succeed, that will give you a success, and some tokens that will give you a failure. You know, if something just gives you plus two to your skill test, like committing a courage, if you're, you know, if you're playing like in standard and you had a base of, you know, zero, you were even, like you had three skill and the test is difficulty three, committing a courage helps a lot because it turns all of the minus ones and minus twos which there may be more of depending on what like the skull and the, the cultists and stuff are, are, are worth like playing right. that courage might turn, you know, six or seven uh, tokens from fail to success. So that's really good. If you're already at plus two, like your skill is five and you're against the three, then committing a courage turns like the minus three and the minus four into successes. So maybe that turns, you know, a few of the tokens into successes. This I think is yeah. usually at most, it's going to turn like, two in the successes or in Carcosa, maybe three, if you pick the skull. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I think it's a good, uh, good way to view it is to kind of see it as, um, Silas committing a defiance, right? Like, because he commits that just in case there's the one thing that he doesn't want to see that he can use the defiance for that. But most of the time you're just kind of bringing that back to your hand because you're either succeeding or whatever. Um, whereas this, you're kind of using that for that same thing, right? Like if there's the, like an example, um, the, uh, in the forgotten age, you've got that one minus five, right? Like you really don't want to draw that because that's kind of like, what are the odds? The only thing that can make me fail are a, the auto fail and B the, uh, minus five. Yeah. This is exactly that, that thing that you use that for. So you just don't, you don't have that, that fear, you know, that the, the, the sweat building on the back of your neck because of the minus five that just appears all the time when you never want it to. That's what Recall the Future is for. Uh, yeah, I get that. But I think you should just, you should just be cool and not worry about the minus five because rather than pay two experience to put this in your deck and then find it and spend a click and two resources to install it, to, to play it. Um, like rather than do all that stuff, like just don't do that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. All right. So that, that wraps up the, um, the mystic cards. So I think the survivor cards are definitely the most interesting and the most, uh, playable out of all of them. And I'm, I'm actually excited, not ironically excited, actually excited about, about these. So the first one is an asset called try and try again. Uh, you pay two resources to put it out. It costs one pip of experience to put into your deck. You commit it for one will, um, and it's a talent. Uh, uses three tries, so that's like three try, uh, you know, resource little thingies that you can put onto it. Uh, if try and try again has no tries, you discard it. Uh, and then triggered, after a skill test is failed, if a skill card you own is committed to that test, exhaust try and try again and spend one try to return that skill card to your hand. Hmm. Uh, notice that this one is one XP while the other new talents are each two XP. Yes. Well, this one isn't a part of that, that talent symbol or, or cycle rather. This is, oh. this is, uh, this is a downgraded card of one of, of try and try again, which initially came out at three experience, I believe. Oh, um, okay. and the, the initial one, um, was, was pretty good, but just three experience was a lot to ask for it. And I think that this solves that issue, even though it's kind of more of a temporary thing where you only get three tries out of it. 
I think that it's a really high impact card that could that could save you know a courage. It could save um, one of your investigator specific cards that you're pitching to something because they've got they usually commit for pretty good stuff. That kind of thing. I think that um, it's kind of a, a it's the best version of try and try again and and one of the cooler uh, aspects of Survivor. I think. Uh, yeah, I, I, sorry, I didn't realize this wasn't part of that same uh, cycle. No, but I don't know. I mean, it's definitely, I guess I would be more willing to try this at one experience than three, but it, okay. So it's going to work three times. If you just like played an extra skill card, well, but this sort of draws them for you too. I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting. I really wish that it was, uh, we don't want to get in the trap of talking about what we wish these cards did, but I really wish it worked on other people's skill cards too, because then it would be, you could use it as like, oh no, commit something to me. If it doesn't work, you'll get it back. That would be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. I, it definitely fits with the survivor theme of fail stuff and it's okay. Like it doesn't really punish you that badly, but I, I don't know if I'd play this, but I don't really play survivors a lot anyway. So who knows? Yeah, I think it could, it, it has a decent chance of uh, being played maybe in somebody like Min. Min could use it pretty well, I think, because she has that extra bonus to committing things. She can kind of protect her committed stuff and kind of use it to greater effect later. Like if she's committing something to somebody else um, in a different room or trying to just get that extra symbol or something, she can kind of, you know, pull those things back. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's solid. I think that there's definitely kind of decks that this could go in that I'm just not thinking about or not experienced enough with survivor decks to, to you know, implement. Maybe. I do. Uh, I mean, I do like, I think it is cool when they take a card and they make a new version of it that costs less experience that a lot of times previously you had a card that was kind of over costed and not really worth buying because of that and they're sort of like we're Hmm. sorry here's a version of it that requires less of an investment you sort of get the same effect in a more limited way but it, it ends up being you know better in value and more worthwhile so i think that's cool there's definitely some other cards i'd like to see get this treatment yeah i think i think the uh the the word here again is lean just like Second Wind, I feel like this card is, is just leaner, right, than the Try and Try Again, because you have to spend three experience for that one. This one is only one. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So moving on to the next one. The last card in the pack. Yeah. And sorry, so this is the actual red element of that um, five uh, faction talent cycle. So this is cornered. It's a survivor asset. It's a talent. Costs two resources, two XP. Um, has a will icon and a fight icon. Uh, lightning bolt, discard one card from your hand. You get plus two skill value for this skill test. Limit once per test. I don't know. Seems seems okay. What do, what do you think, Dane? I am very excited about this card. Um, there was a deck list that uh, somebody posted a while ago. Um, I'm sorry that I don't remember your name, deck author, but it was a brilliant deck. Uh, it was a deck that was revolved around Ashcan Pete and the Desperate Cycle of skill cards. And the newest uh, addition to the, um, well, one of the newest anyways, addition to the Survivor uh, Ally Retinue, which is um, Yaudel. So they they would do these really cool uh, timing, like, triggers kind of in a, in a specific way to where they can discard a card with Ashcan Pete's ability um, so that they can have the Desperate card on top when Yaudel goes to look for a uh what what symbols you're putting onto the to the card and you get a huge bonus from that i think this card definitely fits into that build i think that this this is definitely an enabler because 
until that point, Ashcan was the only one who had a uh, fast action discard a card from your hand kind of effect, which is kind of like the enabler, right? To, to enable these kinds of strategies. Doesn't Wendy have that too? Uh, that's only... Wendy that's can only, only do when it she after draws a, a Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's yeah. more limited. But, but I think this... I really like this card. I'm sure that there's a way more brilliant deck builder out there than me that will find a find a cool build for this in, in survivors and uh implement it in that kind of yowdle cool desperate kind of way uh yeah i i haven't really looked at that sort of yowdle combo deck because i don't really care about it um <laughs> i guess just in terms of playing this more generally it seems good uh i could definitely i think the main thing is if there was more of like a draw engine available to go with it that would just draw you a lot of cards and then you commit the ones that you don't need, or, you know, like once per turn, you're probably using this. I mean, that would be kind of cool, but I... Does Red really have a lot of ways to draw cards? Like, I guess they have Rabbit's Foot if they're going to fail stuff. Right, right. Uh, here's here's another interesting question. I don't think you would want to um, to play two of these. It Like, play in the sense of putting them on the field, not in the sense of having them in your deck. But uh, could you play two of these and then use each of them once per turn? I think you could, right? Yes, but you can only use uh, one per test, like like it states on the card. So you'd if you were committing, you know, to your first action, um, if it was an investigate, you could only use one of them. Huh. I wonder why. You, so you couldn't use both of them. Hmm, interesting. Because it does it does state uh, limit once per test. So I don't believe. Oh. It, I believe that's basically saying that if you do have two two copies of cornered in play, you can't use both of them to up your to discard two cards and put your skill value at plus two. Or sorry, plus four. sorry. So so my my bad. I had thought that this was like um, high roller where you have to exhaust it, but this is not. You can use it multiple times per turn already. So right. that's yeah, pretty exactly. cool. Um, like if you if you're at the end yeah, that's of true, the actually. game and you need to you're trying to beat the boss, you can just be like, okay, I'm going to dump my whole hand and attack three times and use this once for each attack. Like that's that's pretty good. I don't know. Like I said, I I just I just wish that it had more of like a, a way to draw cards to go with it, but it's probably pretty decent. Yeah. Um. So notably, kind of wrapping up all of the cards, especially the talents. Um, I think my favorite talent here is between Cornered and High Roller. I really do love them both. The others I'm just really not interested in. Uh, Quick Study's kind of cool, but I don't think I could find the experience in solo play for Roland or whatever. Um, the other notable thing is that they all commit for every combination of um, uh, icons, except for Well Prepared, which I, I kind of glanced over and didn't really mention at all, but that's really bad that you can't even commit Well Prepared to a test. Well, this is uh, FFG we're talking about, so I'm sure that that is a deliberate decision and not just a printing error, because they never, ever make printing errors, ever. <laughs> what are you implying, Dan? <laughs> what are you uh, implying with that? I'm, I'm, I'm not implying anything. Yeah, that is a statement. How dare you? <laughs> no, it is really weird. I mean, uh, we know from other games that sometimes yeah, they just it's just uh, kind of awkward. Off. It, it really, yeah, because yeah. usually most cards have icons on them. It's only a few, like, delve and cash that don't, so it's kind of exactly. strange. Exactly, yep. Yeah, it's kind of strange that this one doesn't, but... I'm I'm with you. I like High Roller a lot. I think it's really cool and really well designed. I think this Cornered is also pretty decent. I don't think I would play any of the other uh, talents, really, in just about any circumstance. Um, and then I think Second Wind is good for Mark. And that's kind of about it in terms of which of these cards um, are good. Yeah. 
But as with any card, I would love for people to prove me wrong. I would love for people to like come up with a really clever build for any of these cards. Um, I, I I like most of these cards. Um, Hatchet Man is kind of that kind of way. Uh, Truth from Fiction is kind of that way. Like eventually when we get down the line and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely email Dane your uh, ridiculous Rube Goldberg machine min deck. Um, don't don't email it to Do me, it. but you can email email it to Dane if you want. Do it. so that wraps up the player cards for the boundary beyond a lot of cards i want to see work but for now thanks for listening guys and uh join us next time for when we delve into the player cards from the heart of the elders see you later